Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Phaeologist today. And joining me is Chief Resident Grepstein. How are you doing today, Greps? I'm doing really well. I love uh, days when new units come out. It's always fun, all the new things that we get in the game, and uh, not only like the new units themselves, but the skills and the new maps and quests and all of that. So it's always fun when we have new units to talk about. It is. Yeah, I look forward to every two weeks to looking at what we have new, you know, so it keeps the game fresh. <laughs> so, um, yep, today's episode is all about the new Summer Arrives banner. And we are putting this episode out pretty quick. Uh, usually we you know, take some time to digest the units and to be able to uh, play with their builds and everything like that in the simulator. However, uh, we wanted to get this episode really quick because I will be taking a vacation, uh, a real one this time, not necessarily to study, but uh, it's going to be an actual vacation and a leave tomorrow. And and I know that Greps has some plans as well. And so we wanted to uh, really get some thoughts out for you guys as soon as possible so that you could be well-informed on whether to summon on this banner or not. We do have it for a, a whole month, and so it's advised to wait and see what else we have to offer, what else is offered in the game, but uh, but still, we would like to give you our opinion. So, uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, we have four units to discuss today, and I, I guess I'll, I'll get started with our first unit in this banner, which is Cordelia, Summer Cordelia. And she is a Lance Cavalier, third, that's, it's the third version of her as well. Her second uh, iteration as a special unit. Her stats are pretty good. Uh, she has 41 HP, 32 attack, 38 speed, 28 defense, and 18 resistance, all at neutral IVs. And so her HP is pretty high and her speed is fantastic, which is on par with what she usually brings to the table. Her defense is okay and her resistance is pretty low but um i feel like she can be comparable to oscar being a you know pretty good offensively built speedy uh, lance cavalier uh, although you know we do have a lot of those in the game uh, so it, it is interesting that we keep getting them uh, however cordelia does stand out a little bit being the fastest cavalier in the game uh, in our opinion her ideal IVs would be uh, plus speed or plus attack, uh, not surprisingly, since these are her best um, stats. And let's talk about her weapons and, and skills that she gets in the game as well. So the weapon that she gets, and this is a theme of this banner, um, her weapon specifically is Shell Lance, but the effect is, is similar to what everyone else kind of gets in the game, except for Tana, of course. But uh, yeah, Shell Lance... 14 Might it gives plus two stats to all stats, plus two to all stats in combat when initiating. Uh, it is a refinable weapon as well and inheritable, inheritable, so that is nice. Definitely an upgrade from the weapons that we saw when we were there introduced in the last summer banner. Uh, when comparing the Shell Lance to Deft Harpoon, I feel like this weapon is a little bit easier to use and has... Uh, it's just it's just a better effect overall. Yeah, the the Deft Harpoon would give the same plus two to all stats, but it would give you it would be in both phases, I think, but it would only do that at a hundred percent HP. 
So as soon as mm-hmm. you used it once, you'd either need a way to heal back up to get that effect again, or you would just get it for the first combat that you were in. So I think it's an advantage to get it uh, all the time, but just when you're initiating over just having it at 100% HP. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so her weapon definitely power creeps and improves on the previous uh, iteration of a summer weapon. So that is pretty nice. So let's talk about some of her skills. Um, she does come with harsh command and sturdy blow. Uh, they're not the best of skills and they will probably be replaced. So it's very interesting to see IS still releasing these kinds of skills with uh, these new summer units. But uh, she does come with a new skill in the B slot, which is Dull Close. And very interesting that we uh, talked about this in one of our future data mine episodes. And we, if you want our full thoughts on this skill, you can go ahead and check out that episode. Uh, but however, we feel like it's it's kind of a not as a not as good of a skill as you would hope it to be. You know, I, I feel like it the B slot is very um, compet- uh, competitive, right? You know, you have a lot of good sc- good sl- uh, skills that can go in the slot. And I feel like as we talk more about her preferential build, dull close won't make a big of a difference at all when when you build Cordelia with something like a fire sweep lance, right? I, I feel like, yeah, dull close, which by the way, neutralizes bonuses uh, when initiating or when engaging in combat with a melee user, someone who uses a sword, lance, axe, or even a dragon stone. And however, you know, that is nice. And, and while people do get a lot of good, uh, you can neutralize a lot of good buffs when facing emblem teams. I feel like if you are going to use Cordelia to the best of her abilities, then it won't necessarily matter uh, when you engage in combat. Uh, because I feel like the kind of build that we're going to go with is more of a hit and run type of thing, not necessarily using hit and run, but more like, you know, fire sweep, you go ahead and get hit and not get hit back. Um, and if you buff her instead of, you know, trying to neutralize the buffs on the enemies, I think you're going to be totally fine. And there's always the possibility that the enemies won't have any bonuses to nullify in the first place. And so I feel like there are a lot of other skills that could take precedence over dull close um, and make her a little bit of a better unit. But do you have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I definitely agree with you that. So how many people use dull ranged as it is right now? If, if people have access to it, even how many people have used that either on Mel Morgan or on anybody? And I think the answer is not too many. It's not highly recommended fodder, but dull ranged actually has a purpose. And the purpose of dull ranged is to help counter blade tome users because it's going to make blade tomes, if, like it's going to completely nullify a blade tome. But Dull Close, there isn't really any weapon like a blade tome in a melee type of format. So I don't really know exactly what this type of a weapon is meant to counter so much. And as you mentioned, it's not like like uh, one ranged units, um, like they really rely on the buffs that they get anyway. So really the only use of this type of a weapon is to is going to be to counter emblem teams. So if you're regularly facing emblem teams that are using fortify and hone buffs, then I guess that would be helpful in that setting. But aside from that, 
if you're not facing an emblem team, I'm not sure that it's going to be a fantastic skill to use. Exactly. I feel like if anything, it's going to be a tech option for you get for you guys if you are in Arena Assault. And let's say you do pull Cordelia and you have her, you know, just as with her base kit and you needed someone that could potentially go up against a cavalry uh, team or a flyer team or something like that. Otherwise, it's it's not going to be a skill that you use uh, all the time. Right. So I agree with that. So let's talk about some of her potential builds since uh, since this is a fairly new uh set of characters we haven't really gotten the chance to see what game press or other people have said about these characters so we were just putting our our thoughts on the line uh right up front and so i feel like we could definitely replace her shell lance and i feel like fire sweep lance along with life and death in the a slot if you're feeling uh really like if you feel if you're feeling really uh like you're you want to invest in this character chill defense would would be a potential B slot basically treating her like the original Cordelia, someone who has very good attack and speed, but kind of frail on the defensive end. And you just want to get out her attacks without having retaliation. So I did a quick calculation using Oscar in place of Cordelia, since we don't have her in the simulation yet. And with this build with fire sweep, life and death, chill defense enabled, she gets about 68% of the wins, which is not bad. And I, I feel like her original self does a lot better because of, you know, her stats as well as the potential to be merged to plus 10. And so even so with just, you know, herself as one unit at five stars, 68% is pretty okay. Uh, when trying this uh, with the original Oscar, you know, using his original stats, he doesn't do as well but he does pretty close and also in addition you know just like original cordelia you can build oscar up to plus 10 and so i feel like with that oscar can work at the same level if not better than cordelia considering that she is a special unit and you can't it, it would take a lot of investment to to make her into a plus 10 or just a highly merged unit in the first place and so i i feel like if you were to go with this build, it would be optimal on her. But if you're choosing which character to put this build on and to invest in fully, it's going to be easier to do it with Oscar. And so that those are my thoughts on that. Do you have any other thoughts on builds for Cordelia? So I agree with you. I think that a lot of people will be putting on a Fire Sweep Lance. I think that's going to be a great weapon for her, just like her Flyer version. Um, I think in general, I think Flyers are better fire sweep users than cavaliers are but cavaliers are pretty good too and that's just because after a fire sweep uh, fire attacks it's going to be easier to to make sure that they get out of the way and sometimes cavalry units after they hit with a fire sweep lance or a fire sweep weapon uh, there might be trees behind them and you can't reposition them or something like that so um I think Cavaliers just are a little bit worse with, with fire sweep weapons than fires are. But that being said, Cavaliers are better in most cases than infantry units are with fire sweep weapons. So uh, I think that if you do go with a fire sweep weapon, I, I think that she might be the best fire sweep Lance Cavalier in the game. And if you want to go with her default weapon, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially as a seasonal unit 
that is probably not like a top tier unit. And I don't think she will be. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I think if you're going with their default weapon, you know, there's not a ton of exciting new things to talk about in terms of building a, a standard offensive unit. Um, so I think Fury and Desperation is going to be a pretty good combination with her, and it'll make her a really quick unit that'll be doubling most units in the game. Uh, she'll probably want to go with Fury over skills like Swift Sparrow or Death Blow because of her really good physical bulk. Uh, and just because she's a pretty fast unit too. So I think that's probably the way that I will uh, initially build her and see how she goes from there. Perfect. So why don't we get into uh, what we think our ratings are of Cordelia. And of course, we can't rely on Game Press or Gamepedia yet uh, because we, we have jumped the gun here and <laughs> got this review out before they've rated uh, any of these heroes so far. Right, and let's see if we're, we are on par, you know, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully we come close to the mark, but yeah, let's talk about our ratings and I, I guess I'll start out. I would rate her about a four out of five. I, and I think game press would place her in tier two, maybe tier three. Um, but it's one of those two. It's, it's between those two for me. I feel like she can compare to Oscar and outdo him a little bit, um, as mentioned before, but of course there is the matter of availability and, you know, although she she does have better defense than Oscar does, uh, she doesn't necessarily have to work with a fire lance, uh, fire sweep lance. And like you mentioned, if you want to keep her default weapon, there are uh, great builds that she can work with as well. And so she does have some flexibility there. However, I don't feel like she would be material for tier one. Uh, I feel like she doesn't perform as well as her flying counterpart to run the fire sweep build. And for many reasons there. And so, and like you said, being a cavalry unit, there are some limitations to using the fire sweep and like a drag back type of situation. You might not be able to do that because of trees or, or trenches or whatnot. And so I think taking all that into, in, into effect, I feel like that's where I would place her about um, tier two, if she's lucky, uh, but maybe tier three um, and a solid four out of five. How do you feel about her grips? So I'd also rate her as a four out of five, and I'm going to lean towards placing her in tier two on game press. Um, as you mentioned, Oscar is in tier three, and I do think that Cordelia is a better unit stats wise than Oscar uh, and not, not factoring in availability or mergeability uh, as a lot of these tier lists uh, tend to ignore. So I think she's going to be placed higher than Oscar would be. Uh, and if she's placed in tier two, she would be actually in the same tier as legendary Ephraim. And he's actually the only Lance user that's in either tier one or tier two, as far as, uh, Cavaliers go. So she would be tied with, uh, legendary Ephraim if she is placed in tier two, the only Cavalier in, in the whole blue category is Reinhardt, of course, in tier one. So, you know, I think uh, this could make Cordelia one of the best three Cavaliers in the game. And so that speaks pretty highly for her. And I wasn't expecting her to be that good, but I'm excited to try her out a little bit more and try out some different builds on her. And we'll see where everybody comes down on her eventually. Sounds good. So that's everything that we're going to talk about for Cordelia. Let's switch gears and get into one, to Noir. 
so Noir is an infantry archer, and this is actually her introduction into Fire Emblem Heroes. She is one of the few heroes that is introduced into Fire Emblem Heroes first as a seasonal version. And who knows if that says anything about her getting her a non-seasonal version in the future, or if, like Charlotte, she's just going to be hanging out in the wind for a while and not get uh, a regular version. So Noir's stats are divided up into 36 HP, 32 attack, 36 speed, 27 defense, and 20 resistance. So like a lot of the units on this banner, her speed stands out. She's pretty fast. Her HP is rather average, uh, along with her attack and her defense are fairly average as well. And her resistance is fairly low too. So uh, the most impressive step that she has is her speed, and as such, I think a plus speed version can be pretty good, though I think her attack is maybe too low to the point that you might be a little bit better off if you happen to pull a plus attack version of her. So um, like a lot of the offensive units that happen to be on this banner, plus attack and plus speed are both going to be good IVs for her, and she comes in as the third fastest infantry archer in the game. Taking a look just at her stats, her stats are fairly similar to Fallen Takumi and Clarice, and both of those are units that we only got uh, a couple copies of in Grand Hero Battles. So, um, you know, you also don't have access to IVs with Fallen Takumi and Clarice, and that's something to consider as well. But let's dive in and take a look at Noir's weapon and her skills. So Nora's weapon is the Coco Bow. It gives her 12 might, and similar to Cordelia's weapon, it's going to give her plus two to all stats in combat when she's initiating combat with no HP thresholds. And her weapon also can be refined, and you can inherit it to other units too if you like. Now, I would say there's probably not any good targets for inheriting this weapon to, aside from just memeing different characters in the game. Uh, I think Brave and Fire Sweep bows really outperform the Coco bow, and I wouldn't be surprised if people are going to be inheriting those weapons onto Noir. So the new skills that Noir comes with, uh, she has one new skill, and a lot of people have said that it might be the best skill on this banner, especially the best new skill on this banner, and that would be Infantry Rush. So Infantry Rush serves as a heavy blade type of skill, but it's on the C slot. So people have been calling it Drive Heavy Blade, where any infantry units within two spaces of Noir during combat will get minus one cooldown count or a, a plus one cooldown charge every time that they attack the foe in the game. So there are a couple of things that make it difficult to use this type of an effect because you do have to be within two spaces of Noir to begin with. So that might be a little bit tricky sometimes. And your unit also has to have higher attack than the unit that it's going up against to get the heavy blade effect. So it, it's uh, also uh, going to be just for infantry units and not for fires or cavalry or armor units. So there are some limitations on how good this skill will be. And at the moment, there's even more limitations on how good this skill will be. As several people have pointed out on Reddit, there's actually a bug in the game right now. And this skill allows infantry foes to get the effect too. So any infantry foes within two spaces of Noir are also going to get this heavy blade effect on your units. So I think uh, Intelligent Systems is going to owe us some compensation orbs for this pretty soon. 
And it's actually going to be fairly disappointing if they don't fix this bug in, you know, sometimes they, they wait until the next update to do this. So if, if that's how long it takes for them to fix this bug, I think it's going to be disappointing for people who are really excited to try out this new skill and perhaps fodder it to other units. Right. And if I may just interject real quick, I on this topic, I mean, I feel like IS has been making a lot of these mistakes recently. It Like with the speed faint uh, bug that we had recently, the leaks about this banner as well. I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but uh, there's been the bug with tap battles as well. You know, I, I feel like we used to not see these types of bugs back in the day. I, I don't remember anything from a year ago. Uh, where these kind of bugs were happening, you know? So I, f I feel like they're starting to slip a little bit. And even if that means we get compensation orbs, I, I, I'm fine with that. But And I do feel bad, though, for the people who have spent lots of orbs and money even to get these skills, and it ends up not working out for them, and they have to wait a couple weeks, potentially, to have that fixed. And so it's, I don't know, I, I, I hope that, they kind of clean up and 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 this doesn't happen as often as it has been in the future if you know what i mean yeah i agree there, there have been some disappointing bugs like that recently there were some things last year like in legion's grand hero battle if you remember that with the defense tiles not showing up and i don't know i, I imagine there were yeah. some other things last year too because i remember a lot of times getting compensation orbs and we haven't gotten that nearly as much recently um, so we'll, I, I do suspect that we're going to be getting some compensation for this because this is a pretty big mistake. And as you mentioned, people spend orbs and they spend money and to have to wait several weeks to, to have the effect work out right is pretty disappointing for people. So I don't know, maybe it's a summer thing. Maybe people go on vacation over at <laughs> IS in the summertime and, uh, and start making some mistakes. We'll have to see. And hopefully they clean this up sooner mm -hmm. than in two weeks. Or I, I guess the next uh, update will just be in one week when we get the legendary banner. So maybe they'll fix it then. Mm, that's true. So thinking about uh, this new skill, Infantry Rush, uh, thinking about some units in the game that would want this skill equipped once we're finally able to fix this bug anyway, uh, you'd probably want to put it on a team where a lot of the members of the team have pretty high attacks. You're able to activate the heavy blade effect. Uh, otherwise, if your units are attacking and don't have higher attack than their foes, then there's no chance in activating this effect at all. So thinking about some units that might be good, uh, I think you might want to give it to units with steady breath because they're not boosting their offensive abilities. And so they would probably be good to, you know, more of an enemy phase unit would be good to help out all the other units on your team who might have higher attack. And uh, this infantry rush skill doesn't stack with steady breath. So you're not going to want to put it on units that are going along with other units with steady breath because the unit with steady breath won't get both effects at the same time. And so thinking about giving it to maybe like your fourth best, your fourth uh, highest infantry unit with, uh, with regards to attack. So the, you know, a unit that's a little bit lower down on attack than some of the other ones that might like to take advantage of infantry rush. But also keep in mind, you can only give this skill to infantry units too. So that's going to be a little bit of a limitation about who you give it to as well. What do you think about infantry rush, Phil? Do you have any preliminary ideas about who you might want to give it to or how you might want to use it? 
Sure. I mean, I, I like what you said about it. And once it starts working properly, I think that in addition to who you place it on, I feel like uh, it's important to think about who would benefit from it as well. And of course, you're going to want those high attack units that would usually run heavy blade as a seal, but they don't have to anymore. So, you know, you don't put it up. You don't want Ike because it's not going to stack with that or, you know, units like that. But I'm thinking of like Effie, Male Grima. And I could even see units like Linus, Raven, Carla, and Ira benefiting from this weapon too because if they, you know, they have decent attack in the first place. But in in addition to that, if they have uh, attack boosting A skills or something even like attack wave, then they could... Uh, potentially get into the get their attack even higher and be able to benefit from infantry rush a lot easier and they can activate you know gale force regnal astra moonbow all of these other really important skills that they might be able to use uh, even quicker and so i feel like this skill is going to be great and it's going to make these teams with really good infantry units even better and potentially uh, make some really cool combos out there and really cool team compositions as well. Uh, we'll have to see in the future what happens with um, with the bug and everything. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and, and I, I think those are good points. And I like the, the thought about maybe activating Gale Force there or other, other really strong specials. And I did just want to uh, mention that once I saw people on Reddit post about the bug, I did uh, independently confirm it and see that it does exist, unfortunately, and it does give enemies the, the extra cooldown bonuses. So that is unfortunate. So mm -hmm. the other skills that Noir comes with are Ardent Sacrifice uh, and Attack Speed 2. And neither of these are really good skills. I think for the most part, you're going to want to be replacing these skills on most builds of Noir's. And I don't recommend foddering either of these skills off to other units. Attack Speed 2 sometimes thought of as being a good skill on a healer, but I just can't imagine sacrificing a five-star unit, uh, especially a seasonal unit, uh, for a healer. Uh, you know, unless you've been waiting for this skill forever, I, I wouldn't recommend it. So uh, in terms of builds to go with for Noir, I think she's going to get the treatment that a lot of archers get, especially infantry archers. And I think most people are going to replace her default weapon with either a Brave or Fire Sweep bow. And a lot of the standard offensive skills that usually go along with those weapons. So uh, with if you go with the Fire Sweep route, then giving her life and death is usually the recommended way to go. Uh, since Fire Sweep users don't really care about their defenses. And then I think most commonly, more recently, people have been giving Fire Sweep archers a chill skill whether it be chill speed or chill defense. And then if you happen to go the brave bow route, if you tend to like those weapons more then giving some sort of a, an offensive a slot skill, whether it be life and death, fury, swift sparrow, uh, those are, or, or death blow. Death blow is a good one too. And uh, a lot of the time people are probably going to go with desperation as a B slot skill. And that's going to be how you build a brave bow user a lot of the time, especially one, who is as fast as Noir is. So that's what I'm thinking of for builds. Do you have any thoughts about, about that or any, anything else you want to add about builds, Phil? I don't think so. I think you've covered that pretty well. And I mean, that's 
kind of the route that archers have to go right now. You know, I, there aren't any other options that are really competitive, I think. So I think that's the way to go. Yeah. It's really just like people's PRF weapons is usually the only time people will consider any other weapon. Uh, and sometimes a guard bow, but I don't think that Noir's defenses are strong enough to, to merit that. Although I know some people will definitely prove me wrong and build up a guard bow Noir and say that she's fantastic at tanking hits. So, <laughs> right. So in terms of ratings, so I'm expecting Noir to be placed in tier three on Game Press's tier list. And my really preliminary rating of her is a 3.5 out of five. I think she might have the potential to go up a little bit more to a 4.0 with a little bit more testing. Uh, and also, you know, like considering how a fire sweep or a brave bow might work on her, that might get her up to a 4.0. But I've just used her just a little bit so far and haven't fully built her yet. And based on just her default weapon, I'm going to give her a 3.5. And so I mentioned before that her stats are pretty similar to fall into Kumi and Clarice's, um, but she gets access to IVs. So I think she gets a little bit higher on the tier list than they do. Uh, And her stats are just a little bit better than theirs as well. And she also has the possibility of getting merged if you do pull an extra copy of her and you don't want to fodder her off for a skill like Infantry Rush. So Tier 3 places her below units like Bride Cordelia, Innis, and Love Abounds Roy, who I think are all better units than she is. And it places her in the same tier list, or the same tier as units like Faye and Summer Gaius, uh, and Virian. So those are some units that I, I think there's kind of like a, a, a base effect that when you get a brave bow or a fire sweep bow, you have to be at least a, a decent, like it makes you at least a decent archer because they're both really strong weapons. So I think that, uh, she is ultimately going to put, be placed in tier three. What would you say about that, Phil? I definitely agree. I feel like she would fall into tier three as well. And just, for the reasons that you've mentioned, I, I feel like she's really there for the fodder. Uh, there's nothing really too outstanding as far as her stats are concerned and being an archer as well. And so, yeah, I, I, I feel like she's just fodder for fodder. So I if you like her as a character, then she is worth summoning for as well as for her C slot skill. But as a character herself, yeah, she's just kind of there in the middle of the pack for me. So. Yeah, she really doesn't stand out from infantry archers. Yeah. Awesome. So with that being said, let's move on to our third unit, and that is Ines. And he is an axe flyer with the stats of 42 HP, 33 attack, 37 speed, 30 defense, and 20 resistance. He has really good HP, speed, uh, in my opinion. Pretty average attack as well. Defense is okay, and low resistance, uh, and so it's a very interesting spread. I, I feel like uh, it's pretty good, though. I, I feel like he does fit a niche that we haven't really seen in an Axe Flyer. He definitely, so he is the fastest Axe Flyer in the game, and there are only two other faster Flyers, being the new Nino that we got, as well as the new legendary Ryoma, as far as other units as well. Anna is the only other axe unit that is faster. And it's very interesting to compare Innes with other flyers like Shigure and New Year's Camilla. And so, uh, yeah, so you can kind of compare her, his stats with them. 
Of course, I feel like his ideal IVs would be plus speed, plus attack, or even plus defense as well, uh, for reasons that we will mention in a, in a minute. A minute. So he comes with the beach banner weapon with 14 might, and the same effect as the other weapons have with plus two to all stats in combat when initiating. And it's also refinable and inheritable. I feel like it's a bit a good weapon. It's you know it's I feel like it does fit his playstyle pretty well. Uh, but we'll talk about his builds as well. If there is something else that could work better, talking about his skills that he comes with, uh, the new one that he comes with is defense faint, right? And so we also talk about this a little bit in our newest episode of Future Data Mind that will be released later. But I feel like it's not as useful of a skill, especially on him as a character. But I feel like um, it may be good in like arena or arena assault where you are using rally skills more often. I, I, I feel like you're going to use units that have rally skills in general just to get those points in arena. And if you happen to use them as a defensive team as well, then the AI is going to be using... Uh, you know, rally skills a lot. And so there's more of a potential to, to use or to be able to enable defensive feint more when you, you are on the defensive. I feel like it, it there are some troubles, uh, some, I, I guess, awkwardness. And when you're trying, when you're trying to use it on the player phase yourself uh, because of positioning as well as um, just using a player to use the, uh, like a rally skill in the first place. And so, you know, it, it's it's an interesting skill. You have to really play around with it and see if it uh, works for you. But definitely not the best skill out there. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on defensive feint as a skill, Grebs? No, not particularly. I, I think you hit on a lot of the key points there. So I think that was good. Yeah. And, and we do cover this a little bit more uh, uh, more ideas on faint in general in the future data mine episode. So check that out. Let's move on to builds as well. I think it'd be very interesting to see NS with a slain axe and speed refined build, moonbow, quick impulse, and something like attack speed, bond, fury, and in the B spot, maybe like vantage, quicker post, or desperation, and of course, an emblem buff. And so with that whole build, I, I feel like he, with his really good speed, he would make an actually a very good enemy phase unit, or should I say, I mean, he's obviously good for player phase as well. So I, I feel like he makes a really good mixed phase unit. Uh, when uh, doing an episode recently, I, I was writing a script for Fear and the Nameless Blade uh, Refine. And it's, it was very interesting to see how people are building Fear these days and what her optimal build is, where she has enough speed and modest defenses to be able to take an attack in the enemy phase. And you, if you give her a quick repost, you know, she attacks twice and she's able to cool down her special and, and activate it on the player phase. And, and then after that, you can use her as uh, primarily a player phase unit. And I think that's really cool. And I can see that being the same with NS. I feel like he has really good defenses and actually I, I feel like you can kind of compare his defense and, and his attack and speed spread with Ira. And that's, and just in the last episode, that's how Ira is used as well is to be able to take some hits and then just deal them out in the player phase 
if needed. Uh, so I, I feel like he he does a little he would do a little bit better in the player phase than Ira would, but I feel like he has the potential to run an enemy phase build as well. And so I really like that flexibility, and it'd be very interesting to see what people use Ines for once they get him. Do you have any other um, thoughts on his builds? Yeah, that, that's pretty exciting. I mean, his defenses are pretty strong, or his defense is strong. His resistance sure isn't. Um, first off, I was a little surprised that, you know, because Ines as an archer has such high resistance and low defense, I was a little surprised that he didn't have higher resistance and lower defense, but, um, you know, we have a lot of pretty high defense green flyers already in the game, but it's his really high speed that really, uh, makes him stand out amongst the crowd of other green flyers. So I think if you're, if you're just looking to go with a budget build, uh, in keeping Beach Banner Plus uh, or as the weapon that you're going with for Innis, then I think a lot of people are probably going to give him a Fury-Desperation combination. Uh, you know, as a flyer, he's not able to use a skill like uh, Steady Breath, so, you know, he's limited from being able to use that. So making him into an enemy phase unit, you know, you have choices between a skill like Fury, Close Defense, um, Steady Stance, those are all skills that I think people might consider as a slot skills for Innis. And of course, giving a flyer a skill like Distant Counter, you can do it, but it means they're already going to be weak to archers and he has fairly low resistance. So I don't necessarily think he's a great candidate to give a, a skill like Distant Counter. So I think Fury Desperation is probably the best budget skill to go with uh, for building up Innis. But I think there's a lot of other A-slot skills that you can consider, especially a lot of those offensive A-slot skills, uh, some skills that you pointed out. And if you decide to give them a different weapon, like a Slaying Edge uh, or a Slaying Axe, then I think that could be a really strong weapon to go with as well. Sweet. Yeah, so I, I re I'm really excited to see how people build them. And let's, uh, just to mention his other skills too, he comes with Rally Attack Defense. And so that works really well with Defense Feint, of course. If you want to keep a strictly budget uh, base kit kind of build, you could potentially, you know, find some use in that. Although sticking reposition on him is probably a better bet since he is a flyer and reposition works really well with them. He also comes with Goad Flyers, which uh, is a great skill as well. Um, and there you go. So... Let's move on to his ratings. Uh, Greps, do you want to start off with your rating on him? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of people thought when they first saw the, the banner preview video that Innis was going to be an easy unit to skip over and not to summon for. But I think he's a lot stronger as a unit than most people expected him to be. I think the base skills that he comes with aren't particularly good. But I think he falls into a unique niche in the game because he's the fastest summonable axe user in the game, as you mentioned. He's only behind Anna, and we can't summon Anna's uh, to this point in the game anyway. So unfortunately, I think what holds him back is his relatively average underwhelming attack. So all of those things being considered, I would rate him as a 4.0 out of 5 as a unit. And I think looking at Game Press's tier list, if I were to try to place him on the tier list, I think I would place him right now in tier two, along with units like Churchy and Minerva. Those are the other two flyers in tier two uh, that are the Axe flyers. So 
I think he, he is kind of a comparable unit to those two units. Uh, he, I don't think he has quite as strong of attack as them, but I think his speed is, is definitely better than Churchy, and I think it's better than Minerva too, especially if she doesn't have uh, life and death equipped. Cool. And I like his stats too, and I, and I feel like um, I am in agreement with you. I can definitely see him in Tier 2 uh, along with those units. I would give him a 4.5 out of 5 because I, I feel like he can make we can make the comparison to him with Shigure, and he is in Tier 1. Um, I can also compare him to Ira a little bit. Of course, he doesn't have the, the weapon or the special that Ira has, and so he can't function to the same capability as she can, but... He, I feel like he can get close. And so I, I think he has the potential to be in tier one potentially. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, stuck in tier two as well with everyone else there. So, yeah, I like you said, I am pleasantly surprised with uh, his stats as well as what he comes with. And I am very excited to see him in the game. So. Greps, would you like to uh, lead us off with our last unit? Yeah, so the last unit on the banner is our second version of Tana. And Tana is the second red mage flyer in the game after Halloween Noe. Tana comes with 35 HP, 33 attack, 36 speed, 20 defense, and 25 resistance. So the stat that really stands out for her is her high speed. Uh, she has relatively average HP, attack, and resistance, and her defense is pretty low, and she's going to get knocked out by a lot of melee units, physical units in the game. So she turns out to be the second fastest mage flyer in the game after Scattered Fang's Nino, and the fastest red mage in the game. That's not just flying red mage, but any red mage in the game, she's the fastest. And that's before even considering the additional speed that she gets from her default weapon. So I think that if you happen to pull a plus speed IV of Tana, then I think that is going to be the best for her. And a plus attack IV, like a lot of offensive units, is going to come in second place for her. So either of those are going to be great stats to boost. So I think the natural comparison for Tana is going to be to take a look at her and compare her with the only other red mage flyer in the game, which is Halloween Noe. And when we take a look at their two stats, Tana has one more HP than Halloween Noe. She has one less attack. She has four more speed, the same exact defense, and two fewer resistance. So their stats are actually fairly similar. The only thing that's, that stands out to me as being pretty different is their speed. Uh, Tana is quite a bit faster. She's four points faster when they're both at the same IV. And when we consider the plus three speed that she gets from her tome, that makes her quite a bit faster than Halloween Noe. And her stats are also, Tana's stats are also fairly similar to the new version of Nino that we got as well, being a really fast unit. They have the same exact attack and uh, pretty low defense and average resistance. So I think they fit a similar mold of, of type of unit. So the weapon that Tana comes with is a PRF weapon. She's the only one with an uninheritable weapon on this banner, and it has different effects than all the other uh, weapons on this banner. So her weapon is called Fruit of Ethan, and it has 14 might. It cannot be refined, at least not at this point. 
And it has like a reverse grimoire type of effect, thinking of Halloween Noe's tome, uh, when Tana's HP is greater than or equal to 50%, then all units within two spaces of her are able to move adjacent to her. So it's kind of like an upgraded version of Guidance that works for every single type of unit in the game, like flyers and cavalry and infantry and armor units. Uh, so it's like an upgraded version of that, but with an HP threshold or like a reverse version of Grimoire where it's not Tana that's going to be warping around the map. It's going to be Tana's allies that are able to warp to her. So I think it's an interesting effect and it will be fun to, to use out, to use Tana a little bit to figure out how that works for her. But I do think like a lot of mage flyers, like most of the mage flyers we already have in the game, I think a lot of people are going to end up replacing her default weapon, as strong as it may be, with a blade tome. And that's probably going to end up when we when we eventually do uh, Mass Duel Simulator uh, matchups. I think that's going to end up being much better for her in combat when she's getting those buffs from other flyers. And uh, just to mention one more time, since I didn't mention it right there, but she also gets plus three speed from equipping her default weapon. And I think intelligent systems, you know, they did the same thing with the new version of Nino, giving her plus three with her PRF tome. I think that they're realizing that most people who have access to a blade tome and a, a flying mage are often going to give the mage the, the blade tome. So I think they're trying to make it a little bit harder for people to decide whether they want to give a unit a blade tome or not, because speed can be so helpful for really fast flyers as it is. So taking a look at the skills that Tana comes with, the only new skill that she comes with is attack speed push, a new family of skills that is inheritable to other units as well. And this gives plus five to attack and to speed when a unit has 100% HP. Uh, importantly, though, the, the skill damages the unit by 1 HP after use. And I did a little bit of testing with this skill to see how it would work, because it's a little bit unclear in what conditions that Tana is going to get that minus 1 HP after combat. So what I found in my testing is that the only time that Tana doesn't lose 1 hit point after combat is when a foe initiates combat against her, and she doesn't attack back. So imagine a melee unit attacking her, and she doesn't get to attack back because she doesn't have close counter equipped. So in that case, if the unit does her damage, she'll take that damage, but she won't get an additional one damage on top of that. So I imagine that if she has a unit attack her, and they, she doesn't take any damage to that unit, that I don't think she's going to as well added on um, even though it'd just be that one damage, I don't think she's going to suffer that one damage in that attack. So some people were wondering if, like, what would happen if you gave this skill to a healer? And by the way, you can inherit this skill to healers in the game, which could potentially be exciting to give them um, what the uh, what the live to serve skill, either as a seal or as a B slot skill, and then they'll get the plus five to attack and speed when they have full HP. But so she does lose one HP, whether she initiates combat, uh, even if she one, uh, one hits the enemy and doesn't take an attack, she loses one HP, or if an, an enemy initiates against her and it doesn't cause any damage against her, but she's able to uh, counterattack, then she will still lose the one HP. 
So hopefully that helps people uh, understand a little bit better some of the conditions that go along with the tax speed push. And so thinking about a couple of different units in the game that might like to have a skill like a tax speed push, I think it's, uh, you know, you want units that are able to heal themselves or able to get healed. And so the, the units that come to mind to me that would appreciate both attack and speed are Falchion users like Lucina and Masked Marth. I think some of the other Falchion users, either like, um, like Exalted Prom, he doesn't have the renewal effect on his weapon. And I think regular Krom might not benefit very much from getting plus five, five speed unless you've really merged him up. Uh, so I think Lucina and Mast Marth are going to be the best with the attack speed push skill. I think Arvis could be a really interesting user of attack speed push because he's able to heal himself by 10 HP every single turn. So that would be interesting to be able to use attack speed push every single turn. Uh, healers, as I mentioned, I think could be really good units if they have live to serve on them. Uh, I think that's a really interesting uh, ability and combination that we might see some people try out. I think Leaf is somebody that might get some benefit to having attack speed push because he's able to heal himself up on every first turn. So if you use him in Tempest Trials or Chain Challenges, that could be interesting to get that plus five attack and speed every single new map. And other than that, really any units that are going uh, with a renewal as a B-slot skill, or if they're going with a healer on their team. And then finally, uh, the carrot weapons that we have in the game, the spring weapons from last year, because they allow units to heal themselves after combat by 4 HP, they can mitigate the impact of the minus 1 HP from the skill. So those are all of the, the units and the types of units that I think might be able to use attack speed push pretty well. Uh, any other thoughts to add to that, Phil? I don't think so. I think you've nailed it on the head. I really like the possibility of using it on Arvis as well as Leaf. I think those are two unique options to use attack speed push on. And uh, yeah, so I think I think you covered pretty much all that I was thinking of. Yeah, and I'm sure people will continue to brainstorm some creative ideas for how uh, different units in the game might be able to take advantage of attack speed push. But I've also heard some people say that this isn't that great of a skill. Uh, plus five to attack and speed is great, but if you can only activate it once during a combat, uh, it's a lot less consistent than some other skills in the game that do either the same thing or a very similar thing. So you might compare attack speed push to life and death, which gives the same plus five to attack and speed, but comes with a minus five penalty to defense and resistance. And, you know, if, if you're trying to use attack speed push more than once by healing a unit, then you're probably hoping not to take any damage uh, from the enemies. So if you're not taking much damage, then life and death might be just as good and obviously a lot easier to acquire at four stars on a Soph. Attack speed bond also gives plus five to attack and speed with the condition that you have to be next to a unit. So, you know, you might find that it's, it's advantageous to be able to use the skill as many times as you can on a map, as opposed to only being able to use it once. And it, it might not be too bad of a penalty to have to be next to another unit to use attack speed bond and get the same effect. And then, of course, there's the reliable skills like Swift Sparrow that everybody knows how, how good that skill can be. That will give plus four to attack and speed, so almost as good. And, of course, Fury, which will give plus three to attack and speed with the added benefit of giving stat boost to defense and resistance, too. So 
I think, uh, you know, a tax speed push is going to be really hard to acquire right now. And it's not going to be the best option for most units to use. But you can think about some of those units that we just mentioned, and maybe it's worthwhile giving them a tax speed push over one of those other offensive A-slot skills. So looking at the other skills that Tana comes with, she has renewal in her, her B-slot skill. And this is synergistic with attack speed push to help her get back HP after she uses, uh, after she loses one HP from attack speed push. It's also synergistic with her weapon because her weapon wants her to have more than 50% HP. So units that are close to her are able to warp adjacent to her. So I think it's not a bad B-slot skill to go with if you're building her with her PRF weapon. Uh, but renewal is also available at four stars. So I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, you're not going to want to be foddering off Tana for renewal. And then her C-slot skill is spur attack defense. And we've already seen this skill released a couple months ago on Sword Reinhardt. So I wouldn't recommend foddering off either of these two skills. Uh, neither of them are all that great, and they're much more easily available on other units, even if Sword Reinhardt is five-star locked. At least he's in the main summoning pool. So looking at uh, some different ways that you might want to build Tana. So first, I think you have to decide, do you want to use a Blade Tome for Tana, or are you going to go with her default weapon? How much do you want to invest in her? Uh, if you want her to be as strong as possible, the Blade Tome is going to be a stronger option if you're running her on a fire team. But if you're not using her on a fire team, uh, I think her default weapon sets her up to be a good mixed phase team because she can warp adjacent allies of any different class adjacent to her. So if you decide to go with her default weapon, I don't think that's a bad way to go, especially since it gives her plus three to her speed. And then the second choice you're going to have to make, whether you go with a blade tome or if you go with her default weapon, you're going to have to decide if you like attack speed push enough to use it. So it might be worthwhile as a new skill to learn it and to test it out and see if you like it and to continue keeping your ears open and your eyes open to uh, different build ideas that other people give for using attack speed push on different units in the game and on Tana, of course, and seeing if it's a skill that might be good enough to use. Alternatively, you know, consider some of those other skills that I just mentioned, life and death, attack speed bond, swift sparrow, fury, uh, whatever, whichever of those skills you have access to might be a little bit better than attack speed push. If you do end up going with attack speeds push as your A slot skill, you're going to have to come up with a way for Tana to recover HP. So I think renewal is probably the best way to go, which works out well since it's her default B slot skill. Uh, alternatively, you can think about running her with a healer. Uh, you could give her a skill like reciprocal aid. Uh, or give a teammate of hers a skill like Reciprocal Aid or Ardent Sacrifice in order to keep her HP uh, as high as possible. But I think if you switch her A-slot skill, then you're probably going to want to replace Renewal as her B-slot skill and consider giving her Desperation, which is probably the best choice as a B-slot skill for her if you don't need to maintain really high HP with her. And then, of course, for her C-slot skill, I think it's going to make a lot more sense to go ahead and replace uh, Spur Attack Defense with a, a Flyer Emblem buffing skill, unless you're not using her on a Flyer team. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of different options that you could consider for a C-slot skill. How do you recommend building her, Bill? Yeah, so I, I definitely agree that you have to make the decision between a Blade Tome or with her uh, default weapon. And so if you are free to play, you're probably going going to stick with her default build and 
So I would slap, you know, slap a fury and desperation build on her as well. Or if he wanted to keep attack speed push, then reciprocal aid works very well as well. And I think that she would work really well with a mixed tactic team. uh, If you do keep her default weapon, like you mentioned, as well as maybe a healer, whether in the cavalry or infantry form. Uh, So that way she can stay on top of her boost that she gets from her push skill. And she could also run a, a tactic seal. You could potentially fodder off a La Rochelle for a resistance tactic onto her as well uh, and things like that. And so I feel like there are some good options there. And yeah, so I, I, I feel like that is a good cheap build or uh, budget build that you could use on her. But I, f- I feel like her optimal build on Game Press will include the Blade Tome and that will in uh, definitely require some investment. So, yeah, well, interesting. I, yeah, I think that was a really. I like that uh, putting her on a tactic team. I think that's a really interesting idea that could work really well with like a cavalry healer, um, and then a couple other units with with tactic skills on their C slot. So, I I think that could be really fun to try out. Definitely. So, so yeah, let's uh, yeah. Let's, let's go, go through sorry. and give our ratings for Tana. So. I think Tana is a really impressively fast unit, and if we're considering her with her default weapon equipped, she gets 39 speed uh, at base speed with the plus three speed that she gets from her weapon, and that is by far the fastest red mage in the game. Unlike other fast red mages in the game like Selica or Bride Tharja, she doesn't have certain conditions that need to be true in order to get that higher speed. So I know a lot of Flyer fans are ultimately going to replace her weapon with a Blade Tome, but as I mentioned before, I think Intelligent Systems is making it hard to decide which weapon to go with by giving a pretty nice stat boost to speed. So I am going to rate Tana as a 4.5 out of 5. I think she is the best unit on this banner stats-wise, though her skills are a little bit disappointing, Um, but I am kind of excited now to try her out maybe on a tactics team and see how she does there. So the big question is, is Tana good enough to join Winter Tharja in Tier 1 on Game Press's tier list? I think that is the big question uh, tier list-wise about about where she gets placed. And ultimately, I am going to lean towards placing her in Tier 2. I think her attack is the same as the new version of Nino that we just got, but she's two points slower in speed. And when we consider her Tome's mobility effect... Uh, it's just not as good as Nino's ability with her default tome to do extra damage upon tack- attacking. Although I do, uh, I can see that Game Press probably considered Nino with a Grand Blade, and that was where they rated her in Tier One. So who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe she will be placed in Tier One. And I'm excited to try Tana out a little bit more to to you know develop my opinion on her a little bit further. But overall, I think that Tana is a great Red Mage flyer. And if she is placed in Tier 2, I think she's going to be one of the better Red Mages in Tier 2. If she's placed in Tier 1, then that'll be pretty exciting as well. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, and I I feel like like... I agree as well. I feel like she would find a home in Tier 2, and I would rate her a 4.5 out of 5 as well. She is definitely a great unit, better than Flying Naui, and I feel like she would run similar to Mage Erica, who is also in Tier 2. Uh, just that really strong, fast red mage. 
And so she fits in really well there. Uh, to follow up with your discussion on if she is better than Winter Tharja or not, I don't think so. I feel like Winter Tharja definitely beats her out there. And although I, I feel like it does, it would be interesting to see her in tier two, in tier one behind Winter Tharja. And but I, I feel like, yeah, I I agree that she will probably stay in tier two just because of so yeah, I, I feel like Tana would fit into Tier 2 very comfortably, and it'll be very interesting to see if she is bumped up to Tier 1. So yeah, so those are my thoughts, and let's just finish up this episode with uh, our quick summarizing thoughts on whether we should summon on this banner, and if we were to rank these characters among themselves, where would we rank them? So... I'll hand it off to you, Greps, to start yeah, us off. Yeah, so I don't think this is a bad banner at all to go with, but I don't think there's great fodder to you know to pull on this banner, especially if some of the new skills aren't even going to work appropriately. But I don't think any of the units in this banner are going to be top tier. So I think if you're trying to save orbs for you know for another banner, for CYL, for a future hero fest then I don't think it's going to be a bad banner to skip, especially if you don't really like the characters. What do you think about that? Would you would you agree with that, or how, how are you feeling about this banner? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like it is a fair banner, and I feel like if you like these characters, I think that's going to take the precedence of whether you summon on it or not. Unless you're really looking for infantry rush, if you're looking for uh, a really you know fast mate, if you're missing some of these units, uh, in your arena assault core, you know, wherever they may be, then this that's probably a reason why. But uh, in addition to everything that's been said, this is a month-long banner. It will not hurt at all to wait and see who comes out on the next banner. I feel like for me personally, like if I were approaching this being a free-to-play player, the only reason that I would summon on the, these banners are for the characters themselves. If I I really like Innes and Tana. You know, I, I really like Sacred Stones, but I really would want to see who is coming out on the next banner as well, uh, the next uh, special banner that has been announced to really help me uh, guide my decision on whether to summon or not. And what you mentioned as well, like with the C CYL banner, potentially coming out pretty soon, uh, I, I feel like there are some crazy things in the works in the next couple of months. And so it is definitely a good idea to save your um, orbs for that. In addition, another thought too, if it, it really depends on the skills, uh, whether you summon on a banner or not, we have really good skills in this one, but, and I feel like the next special banner, if it is another summer banner, is going to be very similar as far as the caliber of skills that we see in this one. So, so I feel like you're not going to miss out a lot if you wait and you're probably going to see the same types of skills maybe we'll see another type of infantry rush as far as like outstanding unique type of skill come out but i would definitely wait to see what kind of skills and who we are going to get in order to uh, persuade your decision to summon on this banner so yeah yeah good advice and i think in terms of order of importance if you do decide to pull on this banner if you're looking for a little bit of guidance about which units are better on this banner if we haven't already helped you out with that question. I'm gonna say that Tana is the best unit on this banner and probably the best one to pull as a flying mage. I think it is fun to have at least one of those in your barracks. So if, especially if you don't have one or if you don't have Halloween Noli, then I think she's gonna be a fun unit to use. 
Uh, second, I would put Innis, and I think his stats are just really good. He doesn't really have any great skills, but you know he's a really fast axe flyer, and it's going to be fun to use a unit like that that we don't really have to this point in the game. Uh, I would put Noir and Cordelia pretty close together. It's hard for me to decide between the two, but I'm going to say Noir is just slightly better only because, not, not that I think she's a better unit, but because of Infantry Rush, I think when we get that skill working correctly, I, I think it might be fun to have at least one unit on your team with Infantry Rush, whether it be Noir or another unit on your team. And Cordelia, I think, is a better unit than Noir and maybe not too far behind Innis as a unit. Uh, and she's, you know, she's a little bit, uh, she carves out kind of her own niche too, being a really fast cavalry, uh, Lance cavalry unit. So I don't think she's bad by any means. But I think uh, compared to Innis and Tana, I think she's a little bit less strong as a unit. And, you know, we do have uh, like trenches in the game right now that make it make things a little bit more difficult for caval cavaliers in the game. And she doesn't have any great skills to fodder off to units either. So that would be my rating for those four units and how important they are to summon for. And do you have any thoughts or any differences that you'd like to point out there? <laughs> I do, actually. Um, I will shake things up a little bit. I, I do think Tana is the best unit from this banner, but I put Innes pretty close behind her, almost equally, just because of the fact that from this uh, episode and what we've talked about, I feel like Innes is very, uh, very flexible as far as the kind of builds that he has to offer, and I feel like he's going to be a really good um, Axe Flyer unit, one that we haven't seen in the game yet. And and so I, I feel like he is just pretty much just as good as Tana is, uh, in addition to the fact that we have other really fast red mages as well. And so, I don't know, I feel like Innes kind of sticks out a little bit more than Tana does to me, although she is really good. And for Noir and Cordelia, I'm going to switch the order of that. I feel like Cordelia is going to be better than Noir. And, and I approach that as more of a character and stats kind of thing, rather than just the... Uh, uh, the fodder or the skills that they have uh, equipped to them. I feel like Cordelia, we know how good fire sweep weapons are in the game and Cordelia's build can work with that. But Noir can do that as well, as well as, you know, uh, like we said, she's kind of middling as far as the typical bow build that you might use her for. And so I, I think that for me, approaching it as a more of a stats and a character type of thing, it's going to be Tana equal to Innes, very close there, and then better than Cordelia, and then finally in last place, Noir for me. So, Fair enough. Yeah, so, and I think you know one thing we didn't mention before, but Innes with a Fire Sweep Axe, when that gets released, could be very interesting mm, too. Very, very interesting as well. So, so one last uh, thing I wanted to mention on this episode, and maybe we should have mentioned it at the top of the episode, but I did want to mention uh, here that we did have Legault drop down uh, on this banner from five to four stars. So he is now available as most people predicted he would be uh, Because the other two units on the scattered fangs banner were just much stronger and dagger users just aren't all that great But more exciting than Legault dropping down to four star availability is that not only does he have the cleaner as his weapon which will now be uh, more readily available to people who want to fodder that to other units in the game 
but he also comes with attack tactic at four stars. So that's going to be pretty exciting to, you know, now colorless hell certainly isn't as bad as it used to be. And we have some really strong skills on the colorless pool. Uh, maybe intelligent systems is trying to boost up that colorless pool. And it's interesting that we get attack tactic at four stars before we get it as a sacred seal in the game. Yeah, I think that is crazy. I, I feel like that is going to change uh, people's decisions to summon on colorless as well. I feel like they've been doing a great job uh, adding these units. I, I feel like there have been a lot of units that have been added to the four-star pool that have really good skills. You have Soth with Life and Death, Legault now with Attack Tactic. And so it's going to be very, uh, very fun to now summon on that and hopefully get him as well as that, that Cease skill. And I am looking forward to using that on some mixed mixed teams. So thank you for pointing that out. That is very good to know. All right, so without uh, anything else to say, um, do you have anything else to add before we sign out? No, just wish all of our listeners happy summoning if you summon on this banner. And if not, then we'll catch you in a future episode where we'll, where we'll talk more about uh, some analysis about how good the units are in the game. Perfect. And look forward to doing that. Um, if you want to reach out to us, feel free to do so at theology at gmail.com, grepstein, F-E-H, at gmail.com, or our subreddit at r slash theology. But thank you guys for listening, and happy summoning as well, and hope that you schedule an appointment with your theologist soon. See you later. All right. says that it's still processing the uh